And hello to you out there. Len Tillum here. I know. Thank you. You figured it out. You're listening to me on iTunes or you're listening through the web at lentillum.com. Somehow you downloaded it. Help some people do it. If, if there are people you know who have computers, who doesn't have computers now or smartphones, I mean, you just go to iTunes. Soon we're going to have a Len Tillum app, too. I mean, it's all coming. We're figuring it out. We're starting out fresh here. I don't have phone lines, so we're taking calls that we used before, KGO days, KKSF. They're fresh. The law is up to date and topical, and it's the best I can do. When the phones come in, we'll get live calls, but just pretend it's live. It, it, you haven't heard them, and if you did, you don't remember them anyway. So here comes a show. How do you like it? No commercials. Really zippy. Len Tillum. We're going to begin right now. How come you're calling a lawyer? Here we go. Kathy in Gilroy. Len Tillum. How come you're calling a lawyer, Kathy? I'm calling you because I am at a complete loss at where to begin um, with my uncle's stuff that he left. He lives in a very small town or lived in a very small town up in Montana. Okay. And he passed away um, about a week and a half ago. Um alone in his house, and they found him like four days later, Ugh. and um, it was really bad. Does, does he, do he have a wife or children? No, not married. Um, the very little family that we do have up there, they're all either estranged from each other or they're very, very, very old. They're like in their 80s. And so how, he was pretty much up there by himself. And how do you get involved in this? Did he? He, he is my mom's brother. And my mom had just passed away about two years ago. So me and my brother, who was down in San Diego, are pretty much the only real close family he had left. Did he leave a will? He left a very, he did leave a will. Very short and sweet, like one paragraph will, leaving everything to me. Now, wait a minute. When you say one paragraph, obviously a lawyer didn't do it because a lawyer's not going to charge you 400 bucks for one paragraph. Yeah, no, it's it, handwritten. It, it, it looks like something he probably got online, but then he did go and have it um, stamped and notarized. I don't know. In California, stamping and notarized doesn't make it valid. In, in other words, I don't know. wait, wait, wait read, it's one paragraph. Let me tell you what a, it's called a holographic will. In California, a holographic will has to say that, you know, this is a will, you know, and who you're leaving your stuff to and who's going to be in charge of it signed and dated. So what does the will say? Yeah, that's pretty much it. It says, you know, I, his name, you know, a sound mind, blah, blah, blah. Um, This is my last will and testament. I leave all of my personal belongings. And I forget the other term he used. Real Um, property or something? Yeah, real property to Kathy. Okay, and is it signed? Yeah, it's signed. It's signed and dated, and then there's definitely like a, a, a notary seal or a notary yeah, okay. stamp on there. And um, is, does it have any witnesses to it or no witnesses? You Just, know, I don't have it in front of me. I can't remember. Okay. But, uh, now, so wait a minute. So th- what did he own? Did he own a house? Well, that's what I need to try and find out, too. So the house was my grandma's, and he was living with my grandma, and then when she passed away, it was... My understanding, and I never saw any paperwork, really, that it was left to him. So he's been living there ever since, at least almost the last 10 years. And the only documentation I really could find was um, that it looks like he took a loan against the house for, like, $12,000 through some lawyer that's up in some small town. All right, let let me go through it. If 
if he owns the house, you got to go through a probate in Montana. Um, okay. If he didn't own the house and it was still owned by your grandmother, you know, he lived in it after she died and he never changed it into his name, and it's uh-huh. owned by your grandmother, you have to probate her estate. And if she didn't have a will, it would probably go equally to all her children. Okay. I, you know, I, so what you need to do, you need to check with the county recorder. Do you know what county it's in in Montana? Yeah, I do. Okay, call up the county recorder and, you know, where the property's located, the county where it's located, and find out who the property's, whose name the property is, okay? Okay. If they have title insurance companies or escrow companies in Montana, they can run what's called the current vesting deed, the current deed whose name title is vested in. Um, Okay. If it's owned by your uncle, I'm sure you'll have to hire a lawyer and file for probate in Montana. The reason I think it's probably owned by your uncle is... People or banks don't lend money to on real property unless you own it. So okay. if it was his grandmother, his mother's house, your grandmother's house, nobody's going to lend him money on his grandmother's house. But right. you said a lawyer lent him money and not a bank? No, I was told it was a lawyer, and I looked the guy's name up because I was there over the weekend when all this happened, so I really couldn't even get a hold of anybody because everybody's closed on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And it just has his name, and then, you know, that shows that he's a lawyer. Well, address, and that was it. So I do have his phone number. I just have not called him yet. I, I would call the guy and, and say, do we ask him what the law is about probate? And we looked this up. By the way, um, uh, let me give you a website you can go to, all right? You got a pencil? Okay. Yes, I do. It's courts, C-O-U-R-T-S dot M-T, I guess for Montana, dot M-T dot gov, G-O-V, courts dot M-T dot gov. That's the Montana court system webpage. And okay. There's a thing called a small estate affidavit. If his total estate is less than $50,000, it's 150000 in California for a small estate affidavit. But in Montana, it's fifty grand. The lawyers figure on a fifty grand estate in Montana, they're not going to make anything anyway, so it's a gimme. They let you do it yourself, and you could do it. You have to wait until 30 days after your uncle's death to collect the accounts. So what you need to do, and you can call me back. I'll help you for nothing. Better than the Montana lawyer, although I can't take you. Yeah, because I'm. You got to find out what he's got. Some of those lawyers up there. Uh, I can help you, and maybe you can do it yourself in Montana. You got to find out what he's got, right? What? How much is in the bank books? Whose name the house is in, and what's the value of the house? Okay, Okay. you can call that lawyer in Montana who lent him the money, or may, and ask him what's going on. You don't have to hire him, but I'm sure if he's looking to pick up a probate, he'll be very friendly and helpful to you. Okay. All right? Okay, that sounds great. Let okay. me know who owns the house. That's critical. Yeah, that's what, that's what I need to find out. I've just been trying to kind of come down from the whole thing. Like I said, it was a whirlwind I had to drive. I'm actually living in Oregon right now temporarily for a job. So going between California and Oregon, and then this happened, and I was up in Montana trying to... And dealing with courts in Montana. What, what a pain in the neck. But take care of it, Kathy, okay? Okay, I will go to this website and uh, see what I can find. And if I need anything else, I will definitely give you a call in. And find out whose name the house is titled in, your grandmother's or your uncle's. Very important. Thank you. Richard in Novato. How come you're calling a lawyer, Richard? Good afternoon. Um, Lynn, I I hired an attorney. Uh, It was a law firm of F&F. I'm just giving you a hypothetical. It's a hypothetical name. Okay. And I... The, the father, it's a father and daughter, and the father referred me over to the daughter. I gave the daughter $1,200 to evict a tenant of mine that was tr- causing me trouble. 
this lawyer didn't do uh, what she was supposed to do. I went to small claims, sued her for the $1,200 plus, and I get a letter from the bankruptcy court saying that she filed bankruptcy, her and her husband. So I'm just curious to know if I could go after the law firm F&F. You mean the the other F is her father, F&D, father and daughter, right? Yeah, let's say F and D uh, law firm. Yeah. And, and you got a judgment? Did you get a judgment for twelve hundred dollars? From yes, against the daughter. You know, you should report this woman to the bar. It it sounds like they should take her license away. You know, she did no work. She took the money from you. She abandoned her client. You can go to the California Bar Association and report her. Really? I I planned on doing that, but I wanted to know if I you know I wanted to ask you first uh, what what to do about. If I could actually go get a claim yeah, against, against the father. father. It depends on how the firm is organized. If okay. the law firm is a partnership, uh, then you can sue either or both partners for the liabilities of either of them. And right. if it's not really a partnership, um, if the woman, you know, the daughter is an employee of her father, you can certainly sue the father because the $1,200 is a liability of the law firm. And also, you could sue him because he referred you to her, and he must have known what a crappy job she would do. Yeah. You follow me on that? Yeah. Is there any way of finding out how, they're, how they were set up? As, you as you would have to, what you'd have to do, this is small claims court, you're going over to, for $1,200. You got to sue him in small claims court. I, sh- I would have sued both of them when you sued him. You know what I mean? Her and yeah. the father. Then you would have got yeah. a judgment against him. But... To hire a lawyer and do discovery, it doesn't pay. Sue the guy in small claims court, and the causes of action is that they're a partnership. You can allege different causes. They're a partnership and jointly and severally liable. You know, you're suing him. Or um, his negligence in referring you, another cause of action would be he was negligent in referring you to such a crappy lawyer. Well, I got a letter from her telling me that you can't go after my father. You can't get it. You, I'm going to report you to the bankruptcy court. You're has, harassing me. I've got a bank. You take that, and you also show that to to the bar. You follow okay. me? Really? Okay. Uh, she's wrong. You can go after your, her father. I, I mean, she's declared bankruptcy. If he refer, look, if I referred you to a lousy lawyer, and the lawyer did a terrible job, that's my malpractice also. So you can sue him for malpractice. And for him to say he doesn't, didn't know his daughter was such a deadbeat and had such problems, let him tell that to the judge. The other thing is, this is Marin County, right? All well, the, actually, no. What, okay, go ahead. What county does the lawyer practice in? Within Lake County. Well, sewer in Lake County. It's even a smaller county. All the judges and lawyers know each other. And they should know what a dope this guy is for hiring his daughter, who is terrible. Sue him in Lake County. Okay. You got it? Right, Don't let up. And I would absolutely report her to the bar for abandoning a client. Got it? Okay. Okay. Thank you, Len. Yeah, you're quite welcome. Stephanie in Oakland. Len Tillum. How come you're calling a lawyer, Stephanie? Uh, hi, Len. Well, it doesn't stay in Vegas when you come home and you tell your wife what happened in Vegas. So, tell us the um, story. It's an amazing story. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is just a personal injury or an insult or, um, you know, assault, actually. So last week, my husband had a business trip in Vegas, and he went out to a restaurant for dinner mm-hmm. and, you know, had a beer or two with his um, coworkers and what have you, and one of his coworkers ordered shots of Jägermeister at this restaurant. And so the waitress comes over with two shots of Jägermeister on a, on a paddle, and after you do the shot, apparently... 
you get hit with the paddle. So hit where? Hit on the bottom, on the rear end. Spanked on the rear end? Wait a minute. So you get a shot of Jägermeister, and after you down the drink, the waitress smacks you on the rear end? Paddles you. I think of, like, Niedermeyer on Animal House and Kevin Bacon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't want anybody smacking me on the ass, you know? Yeah, yeah. So in all in good fun, he's like, okay, yeah, I'll do it, whatever. Okay, so he does it, and she hits him really hard. I mean, hard. And so... He didn't really think a lot about it until he basically got back to his hotel room, and he it hurts. Yeah. He sit down. So he comes home, and he's visibly injured. And I, I mean, he's got a big welt across his rear end, right? He does. I took a picture. And it's the shape of a paddle, I swear to God. It just it looks really bad, and he's still bruised. Don't put it up on the web, though. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that to him. So I'm just wondering. He's more concerned that, you know, he doesn't want this happening to anybody else. And really, there should have been a little bit more forewarning that they were going to do it that hard. And if you're going to do it, if you want to keep people coming back and being customers, it just seems a little over the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David looked this up. There's a place called Hofbrau House in Mm -hmm. Las Vegas where they do this. There were even videos on YouTube. And I'm not interested in watching your husband get spanked, but they're there. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, though, you know, totally unsuspecting. This is in Las Vegas, so you yeah. have to sue for battery. You know, you can't hit somebody. But what they might say is consent is a defense to battery. You know, right. it's not as if the waitress took him by surprise. He stood up, took out his wallet. I guess he bent over willingly for the smack in the rear end. You I know? wasn't there. I can only guess. Yeah, look, um, you know, you know your husband. He didn't ask her to swing hard, did he? No. No, no. he's not. He ain't into spanking, you know, right? So, um, look, I I don't know. You know, they shouldn't have done it. There's an assumption of the risk in the sense that he knowingly participated in an activity and therefore assumed the risk of injuries associated with the activity. But I didn't think he, I mean, this is where he couldn't sit down for days, right? Yes, yes, he's still in pain. I yeah, she hit, still there. Yeah, you know. You know, um, I think it was a little much. I, I can understand the assume the risk part, but, you know, that was a little over the top. I don't understand why this place thinks it's going to get more business by having cute waitresses smack guys on the rear end. <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe if they had the guys being able to smack the cute waitresses on the rear end, but I don't know. Then they the waitress. already have that there, though. Yeah, they, but you got to pay extra for that. That's exactly. Vegas. So, you know, is he okay? How old is your husband? Um, he's pushing 50. Yeah, you know, and he's okay now. He can walk and dance and do everything. Well, he's- yeah, he's still walking. It's, it's painful because it's a bruise, and right. it'll go away. If it so go, look, like- if it goes away, it's you'd have to go away. back to Las Vegas and sue. It's expensive to do that, you know, and, and it's not a great case. I, I, it's a great story, but <laughs> let, let him know, you know. Really. <laughs> at least call him and say, hey, that was a little much. Maybe tell your waitress to tone it down. Absolutely. He should do that, and he should go on Yelp also. Put something on Yelp that they really smack you hard. Absolutely. That's what you If, God forbid, you know what happens that he can't walk so well or he's got a problem two, three months from now, you call me back. But otherwise, let it go. You you don't want to take the kind of case to court where all the the judges and the clerks and everybody will be laughing about him behind his back. Hey, did you hear about this guy? I feel bad because it really does look painful. And it's embarrassing. It is. Why do you think I'm calling? (laughs) (laughs) He's got a good wife. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, put the photo up on Yelp, too. Jennifer in Redwood City. Len Tillum. How come you're calling a lawyer, Jennifer? 
Hi, Len. Thanks for taking my call. I mm-hmm. love your show. Thank you. Um, I I could not get my husband to call in for me about my embarrassing problem, however. Yeah, all right. Yeah, really. But hope, uh, really, she probably loves her husband more than your husband loves you. No. For, I hope he's listening right now. He should have heard that. What happened to you? Let me hear. Um, I just got a bill from the city. Um as a result of uh, an accident that happened back in June, I unfortunately rear-ended a police car. You re- what now- happened? Tell me that story. Okay. And well, tell me you anyway, weren't drunk. You weren't drunk, right? I wasn't drunk. Okay. It was 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Well, were you taking the kids um, to school or something? Well, no. I had been up all night with my vomiting two-year-old. I had had no sleep yeah. the night before, and I was trying to... And you were on your way to work. work. Yes. Ugh, yeah. Yes. Not so, so easy being a mommy and having a full-time job, is it? It's tough sometimes. Yeah, all right. Really Vomiting two-year-old. So what happened? You, so you're going to so, work. And I was behind him, and the light turned green. He started to roll forward. I started to roll forward. He stopped, and I didn't. And were, I you, were you rolled. rolling forward or had you know, your foot on the gas accelerating? I didn't have my foot on the gas. I had, I was just rolling. So a little bump, and you look up, oh, my God, I hit a cop car. Yeah, it was a pretty big shock. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it was. So they, the cops in Redwood City, they were nice about it. They didn't run out with their guns drawn and pointed at your head or something like that, did they? It was wonderful. I think he would have done anything to make me stop crying. <laughs> how, how old are you, Jennifer? 36. A tough night. All right. So anyway, did you get a ticket? No. No ticket, no nothing. They took no. the information out, and now you got a bill from the city of Redwood City saying how much damage to the car? The, his car had a two-inch scratch Yeah. From, from one of the screws from my license plate. Mm-hmm. It had no dents or nothing else. It was actually hard to even see where the, the damage was. And how much is the bill for? $1,000. Okay. You know... Nowadays, first of all, from the cops' point of view or Redwood City's point of view, it, it, I'm not so surprised any of these things can cost $1,000. What they had to do was remove the bumper to see if there's any damage underneath because mm-hmm. there's all kinds of foam underneath the plastic bumper to help absorb the force of the collision. So, yeah. And cops, you know, have you ever seen a beat-up police car? Yes. But anyway, look, I wouldn't fight this one. You have insurance, don't you? I do. I didn't report it to them because I thought any not, damage. Not, not, would what, be what do you have? Like a, a five hundred dollar deductible? Yeah, exactly. You know, I would call them up. Here's what I'm. You got this collection letter from the the city of Redwood City, not you know, not the police department. Right. And you can call. So you're going to pay it. You owe them some some amount of money. You're going to pay do, it. Yeah. You, you got to say, look, a thousand dollars is a lot for a little scratch. Can you show me the bill? How did you reach a thousand dollars? And then bargain with them a little. See if you can get them down to seven fifty or six hundred bucks. Will you take six hundred for a complete release and see what they say to that? Okay. Okay. But you do owe them something. And if you do have a five hundred dollar deductible, probably better not to report it to your insurance company. Is right. Okay. Okay. Thanks so much. Thanks. Appreciate it. Anytime, Jennifer. Thanks for calling. Layla Lentillum, how come you're calling a lawyer, Layla? I'll let you know I listen to you every day, and I love your show, and I do tell other people about you. Thank you so much. What's going on? Well, I'm calling because my husband, um, he's worked with this company for about 16 years. Um, he left and went to another company, and they asked him to come back, so he did. Well, for the last few months, 
uh, they didn't do this before. They're paying him, for instance, they'll give him four fifty in a check and then give him seven hundred dollars in cash. And I told him he needs to talk to them about that because when we get ready to file our taxes, there's going to be problems. Or if he gets laid off, how is he going to collect the right amount of unemployment if something like that happens? Right. It's not illegal to pay your employees in cash. Cash or check is legal. But the employer does have to do all of the withholding required by law. But I guess that's not happening, you know. Yeah. Your father died, and now one of the sons is running the business. And he's putting the cash in his pocket or fast and loose or something? Yeah, he gives them, every every time he gets paid four hundred fifty dollars, and then gives them between seven hundred and nine hundred dollars in cash. See, if your husband has to go on unemployment, he will get less money because the records show he earned less. It'll right. reduce the amount he's the boss is supposed to be putting into Social Security, and he is, and it affects his income taxes. Um, your husband, I, I, it's a tough one. You know, this is illegal. You know, this company shouldn't be doing this. Your husband could report the employer to the IRS and to the State Board of Equalization. Is he, are you afraid? Is he afraid if he just says to the boss, hey, stop paying me in cash. I want to check. They might fire him. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's been with him for a long time, and he's, they consider him like family. So I don't, you know, now, I don't know. Maybe. Let, let me know. ask you a question. So it sounds like he makes about $1,000 a week, right? Yes, yes. Okay. And how much do they give him in cash each week? They give him uh, about 700 or more. So About 700, sometimes a, nine. So you've done the math, too. It's probably, if you're not reporting it, I'm not saying do this, you're probably saving about 200 150 bucks a week in income tax yourself. Probably, but it's still not right. It's not right. I, I mean, what, what does your husband feel about this? Well, you know, we've talked about it. He knows it's not right, and I said, well, you need to talk to them about it. And what does he say? And he says, yes, but they keep doing it. And it's 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 the son. I don't. I think he's trying to avoid some type of taxes or something. I have no idea what they're doing. It is illegal, and your husband should talk to the boss about it if he wants to. You got that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But you're right about the benefits it's and the, the unemployment. Boss doing it. What? Is the boss that's doing it? Yeah. No, I understand that. So, what do you do with the cash? You go to Safeway, and instead of using a credit card, you spend cash, right? I mean, if they ever get audited, you ever get audited, they're going to say, how'd you pay your mortgage? Where did all this money come from? It could be a problem for you, too. Exactly. Yeah. You don't want to fool around with the IRS. I understand what you're saying, Layla. And um, let's see what your husband decides to do about his job. But yeah, it is illegal. Okay? Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for calling. That wraps up calls. I'm going to do an email at the end of each show. You want to send me emails? We answer them. I work with three other lawyers. David Brown, he's been, you know, just seeing clients. David Brown, when I was on the radio and getting calls, would screen the calls, help talk to them. You know what I mean? David's not laid off. We got plenty to do in the law office. He's keeping busy. As soon as we get the phone lines in, I'm going to need David doing this. Rosie McNichol does trust. Arden Kwan does Medi-Cal planning. You know, who gets your stuff when you die? Jim Gagan does personal injury. A super lawyer. We answer all kinds of questions. There's a woman in my office who does divorce. Doesn't work for me. But uh, she rents space in the building. She does divorce. She'll answer family law questions. LenTillum.com, I'll answer questions. Here's what Harry writes. Am I responsible for damage to a bicycle from a fall on a test ride at a local bike store? This guy borrows the bike to test it and screws it up. Oh, he writes, there was no signed agreement before I took the bike out. And um, I did about $2,500 in damage to this very expensive bike. I guess it was a big accident. Harry, you're responsible. 
You're responsible for damages caused by your carelessness, by your negligence. You know, if you were driving a rental car, or even if you were driving a friend's car, you'd be responsible if you caused the accident. So just because it's a bike doesn't mean you're getting off the hook. Come back tomorrow. We've got more shows coming for you. Len Tillum. Thank you.